Welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Buchanan, along with Julian Edlow, who just stuffed down a massive pizza. Uh, apologies. It is a personal pizza, and we're not going to say from where because we don't do free ads here right. on Unreasonable Odds. If this place sponsored us, I would be very happy and also gain a lot of weight, but also be very happy. Um, <laughs> who cares? Delicious. I mean, we're, we're both we're wrapped up with women already. Like, it doesn't matter if we gain weight anymore. I mean, you know, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, but we are here to wrap up week 11. We're going to start off with cash it or trash it, as always. We're going to look ahead to week 12, both the Thanksgiving Day slate and the normal Sunday slate. And then, of course, odds are is back with Johnny Avello. He'll be giving us the insight on the sports holiday. Holiday edition, I was going to say. We're, we're recording on Tuesday, November 23rd. This is the one and only Unreasonable Odds podcast. Yes. Uh, for this week, we will not be recording on Thanksgiving. We'll be eating and watching the games like you guys are. That is correct. Maybe not uh, placing a lot of bets on Thanksgiving because uh, really a uh, uh, lackadaisical slate, I guess you could say. But we'll briefly touch on that as well. Very as reasonable. always, uh, make sure to follow the podcast Twitter page at Unreasonable Odd on Twitter. And then, of course, our personal accounts at Julian Edlow at S. Buchanan. 24. We uh, I'll do some giveaways, uh, give us some plays. So make sure to follow all those accounts there as well. Let's start it off as always with cash it or trash it, which was another profitable week for the books because nobody is good in the NFL. You can't trust anybody, especially anybody who's favored. It feels like at this point, but um, I have at least one uh, team that was favored that did cash. That was the Dolphins going against the Jets. Um, you know, the whole thing, you know, betting against bad teams uh, proved to be profitable in that sense there as the Dolphins were able to take down the Jets a little closer than I would like. But they were able to win that game by seven points, easily cover the minus three and a half point spread. Uh, Joe Flacco played a lot better than I think I, many expected, but wasn't enough as the Dolphins took that one down 24 to 17. So easy cash on the Dolphins minus three and a half. I mean, that's what I cashed too. I got it at three. Um, like to the Miami side, it was very public. The Jets were the sharp side, took some sharp money, <clears throat> but that's what happens when you, this, this sharp money stuff, when it's on, the Jags against the Niners, <laughs> those type of teams, count me out. Um, not that I bet on the Niners, but the Dolphins I, I did trust, and they came through. Um, the only other – that was the only side I played, uh, but I did play some Packers plus nine and a half in-game and threw that out on Twitter. Um, I've been trying to do some more in-game betting and, and in-game player props. So yeah. if you follow along on Twitter – um, I mean, give it, giving it out on Twitter. So if you follow along on Twitter, we'll, we'll get you uh, some of those. I will. Steve won't. But um, a lot of people was, have been calling for it, apparently. Yeah, people have been calling for it. <laughs> give the people what they want. Um, all right. That's my cash. I will do my trash first, which <clears throat> I wanted to do the Dolphins. I was like, forget sides. I'm the best bet on our Sunday sweat show. I'm going to get cute. Go with the prop. Najee Harris workload back against the worst run defense by a mile in the NFL. And of course, somehow the Steelers just throw all these dorky screen passes and reverses to receivers and Harris doesn't get there and then gets hurt late. And it just, it was not meant to be. Um, It was a perfect spot. I felt for Najee Harris, maybe you just don't do this with a road dog, but I thought the Steelers would be in it. They were in it. Um, I thought it would be high scoring. It was high scoring. The Steelers scored whatever it was, 37 points on the road in that game. So yeah. 
if you tell me that beforehand, I'm making it like a four unit play and it doesn't even come close. Yeah, that was a that was a brutal one, too. I think even at the halfway point, he wasn't even halfway there. Like it was just so odd for somebody that's, you know, taking care of literally 50 percent of the touches on the team. uh, And he wasn't even halfway towards his run total, which seemed very reasonable uh, considering the situation and the matchup. I was on the Cowboys, you know, plus two and a half, you know, going against the Chiefs who can't cover. Um, They covered. And not only that, did they cover the the Cowboys couldn't even cover the eight and a half if you tease them up even worse. This has been something lately. Um, the Vikings now have won two in a row and they've been a popular slight dog to tease up. Yeah. They're the only one covering. Like it was the Raiders. Um, it's been some Cowboys spots. Uh, the the two-point dogs going up have not been very good the last no. couple of weeks. And, and one of the teams that we talked about that could be you know part of that teaser um, was the Bills getting them down to one and a half. Couldn't, wasn't even close. Forget that one, you know, getting the bills down to basically win the game. Uh, wasn't even, yep. was never a contest. The Colts taking that one 41 to 15. So, you know, bad week for, for teasers, you know, there weren't many options on the board to begin with, but the ones that you could take uh, advantage of um, just weren't working out at all. So that was, uh, that was definitely a tragedy for me. Uh, pretty heartbreaking loss there to the Chiefs, but obviously the Cowboys had plenty of issues on offense, losing uh, C.D. Lamb in the middle of that game without Amari Cooper and just the Chiefs just getting so much pressure on Dak Prescott. He never was clean, you know, was getting a clean pocket, it felt like, to throw the ball to begin with. So that's why they um, don't even score a touchdown in that game. First time this season, three field goals for the Cowboys. That's it against one of the worst defenses in the league in the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Well, that's our cash it and trash it. Um, we're going to move quickly today. We'll go to odds are with Johnny Avello, bring him in, take a peek behind the book a little bit. And then uh, when we come back from that, we will look ahead at the whole week 12 board. You heard the music. It's not Monday, but it is odds are with Johnny Avello special Tuesday hol- uh, holiday week type of uh, type of segment here. So we get to recap all of week 11 and we get to get into this weird-looking week 12. Johnny, how are we? Doing well, guys. Thank you very much. Good to see you both again. Always good to be seen. Um, the madness continues in week 11. On Sunday morning, some people might have considered the Titans the best team in the AFC. Uh, now that team has lost to the Jets and the Houston Texans. Uh So we have to imagine here Tennessee losing outright was a huge win for the books just in general and on those money line parlays. Well, there's an asterisk on that best team phrase, as you call it. Uh, That was all predicated on Derrick Henry's return in the very near future. Not even sure if that's going to happen or not. But uh, but now to the game last week. Yeah, that was one of the bigger revenue generators of last Sunday. Uh, and it's, you know, when you look at it, it's not really that shocking with their squeaker over the Saints two weeks ago and then the Texans having the week off. So when you look when you look back at things, you can justify them, can't you? Hindsight's 2020. <laughs> the other uh, most surprising result was the Colts marching into Buffalo and destroying our bill, uh, the Bills. And that, you know, really kind of makes Julian and I sweat our Colts to miss the playoffs bet that we put uh, back before the season that started. Um, how did the book do on, uh, on this game? Uh, people are asking, first of all, what's wrong with the bills and uh, it's a mid season slump, but you know, 
don't certainly don't take anything away from the Colts playing much better, taking Tennessee to overtime a few weeks back, then mopping the floor with the Jets. Uh, the betters picked up on that momentum and they played them last week and they took them with the points and they took them on the money line. So it was a good game there for the players. All right. So a team that we've been talking about, we just talked oh, best team in the, in the AFC because the chiefs were so down uh, that door was kind of more open. And we've been talking about the chiefs. We saw the Sunday night football game against the Raiders. Are they back? Are they back? And now it's looking more and more like the case, a convincing home win this time with the defense stepping up against an offense that's been performing. Um, Casey becoming a favorite in, in the AFC once again. So can you talk about what Sunday's results kind of did for both Casey and Buffalo moving forward in the futures market and how the, how the bets and handle are stacked up for those two to win the AFC, to win the Super Bowl, things like that. Julian, you said it, it, they're back. We did. We have been talking about that the last couple of weeks. We've been using that phrase, are they back? It sure it appears that they're back with the defense allowing only a total of 30 points over the last three games. Uh, for the Super Bowl, you could have gotten the Chiefs at 14, 15 to 1, just, you know, just a short period back. And now they're uh, plus 750, which is 7.5 to 1. And the Bills are up from plus 650, which is six and a half to one to eight. Uh, to win the conference, they're both at plus 350, which is seven to two. Um, I like, you notice how I like to tell you what the plus 350 is. A lot of people think plus 350 is, you know, a dollar and get back 350. So I always like to explain that. Sometimes that's a little confusing to the, to the betters. Um, well, anyway, but the Chiefs were bet quite heavily. Now that the action is heading, uh, you know, into the end of the season, they were they were taking all the money, and and now the action has picked up again on them quite considerably as of late. So uh, they were the darling early, they're the darling now. Uh, the Bills have taken their share of money, but certainly not in the last couple of weeks. And before we start uh, looking ahead towards this week, uh, we spoke about how we like the Pats in the standings over the last week here. The number in the futures market uh, continues to drop week by week as they just keep winning. So you actually have to drop the number now. How much money is this team actually taking at this juncture? Uh, even before they went on this run, there were there was Pats fans, believers, taking some of that 50 and 60 to 1 money that was out there. Um, then they were also taking the money down the ladder, the 30s, the 25s, the 20s. But now at 14 to 1, it's slowed down. I guess the value's out of the pats now. I, I really like Mac Jones and what the coaching staff has done. And if the Super Bowl was played this Sunday, I would give them a legitimate shot. Yeah. But with the game, with the game two and a half months away, there's going to be a lot of changes from the way it looks now. Don't peak too early. That's what they always say. Do mm. not peak too early. And the Patriots are, it's hard to argue they're not peaking right now. And you mentioned the way that they're playing. This is, I'm going on a tangent, but like the coaching that we've seen, they would, the Patriots weren't running plays to allow their offense to do what they're doing now. Now they are, which makes them a completely different team. And it's something we're going to talk about plenty on, on this podcast. Um, but yeah, all right, Julie, before we get in. Good, one thing to add to that is that if you ask Belichick, you know, what about coaching all these years, what was one of his more successful or uh, seasons that he enjoyed, he may come back and say, this was it. Yeah. Because this, you know, he, he's taken his team from nothing to something. Now it's all not him, of course, but uh, you know, he is certainly a big part in the mix. 
I mean, anybody that watched the Houston Texans game, you're running two draw plays and then a screen pass on third and 13. Now there's 20, 25, 30 yards downfield to Aguilar and uh, Kendrick Bourne, and it is a different animal. Um, all right, before we move into the Thanksgiving slate and the rest of the week 12, is there any games that we missed on, whether it be very good or very bad results for, uh, for the book in week 11? Yeah, the good. Uh, Cowboys Chiefs was that was good. Packs Vikings uh, that was good. Uh, Seahawks uh, and Ravens uh, that was good. And Bears uh, that that was Ravens Bears. They were all good results. Uh, the t- Titans Colts I mentioned was not good, and the Steelers Chargers was not a good one. Uh, it actually wasn't a bad one. The Titans Colts was the only real bad one. So overall, it was just an excellent week for the house. All right, so moving on to week 12, we have a three-game Thanksgiving slate coming up, as we always do. All six teams playing on Thanksgiving lost on Sunday by a combined 72 points. Not great to be going into this Thanksgiving slate uh, week with a short week there. Uh, it feels like all these teams are tough to predict, but where are betters putting their money so far, and how much larger is the handle usually on these Thanksgiving games? Boy, that's shocking that all six teams lost. Brutal. <laughs> interesting spots on thanksgiving there's uh, nobody has momentum so you can't use that (laughs) argument i guess you you can't Uh, oh yeah this this is going to be a big wagering day the leadoff game that's the bears lions uh that will likely be the weakest in the handle of the three Uh, neither of the teams are going anywhere both both have quarterback issues uh the lines open up the bears three it's trending towards three and a half um so that game will be okay. But nice lead off to the day, though. The following games should be really massive in handle. Cowboys open seven point seven point choice. I can see this be being pushed to seven and a half. Uh, I also expect the Raiders to get some money line money at round two fifty or better. Um, and then Bills at New Orleans. We opened the Bills, the road favorite at four and a half. Uh, it's now four. I think four and a half seems more likely where this game is going to end up. Both teams in the hunt, certainly for playoff and uh, playoff implications. So, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a big betting day from morning to night. And then following up with that, same for this Sunday. Uh, where is the early money here, and what games do you expect to see uh, some movement as we get closer to Sunday kickoff? Well, I can tell you one that's moved already. We were just talking about them. The Pats opened up a two yeah. point at home over the Titans. Now that's up to six. Uh, Pack opened uh, Packers one and a half at home over the Rams. Uh, and the Rams are an early choice right now with the betters. That game is now down to one, and that thing could go lower, maybe even a pick. Um, and then there's the clash in the AFC North. Browns are taking some action and opening up a five and a half point dog at Baltimore. That's now down to four. So those are the three right now that have taken the most action. All right, Johnny, we're going over to some college real quick before you let, before we let you go. Starting college football, biggest matchup of the weekend. Ohio State goes to the big house on Saturday in a matchup they've dominated in recent years, but Michigan's a better team than usual this time around. That does not mean it will be their year, and I do not think it will be, but better team than usual for, uh, for Michigan. The Buckeyes still favored by more than a touchdown here. Um is this one going to keep moving, number one, in favor of the Buckeyes, do you think? And number two, where I, I assume it's Buckeye money, but you let me know where it is and if any any Michigan uh, money lines come in or anything like that. 
Uh, I expect this to be the biggest right of the day in spite of its early start. And the reason I say that is not everybody's up, especially on the West Coast at 9 a.m. for you guys. Betting purposes. But uh, this is such a big game. I expect this to write a ton of action. We opened the Buckeyes six and a half. It's now eight. I kind of believe that's the ceiling. Uh, I can't see it going much higher than that. And I guess the question is here. You mentioned it. Julian, uh, can Harbaugh get it done? Because this possibly nope. might be his last. <laughs> no, might might be his last chance. To I already, do I've seen, I've watched this movie a few times, and I know where my money's going to be on Saturday. <laughs> I feel bad for you guys in Vegas, though. You're right. The 9 a.m. kickoff is ridiculous. This should be the Saturday night game. Well, don't feel so bad for us on the games you're watching that start at 11, because then it's eight here. Perfect transition, Johnny, because I, tomorrow it's Thanksgiving week. I have to wake up early on Wednesday morning and do like a six, six and a half hour drive with my family. Now that doesn't, that is not going to prevent me from staying up for 10 o'clock tip off here on the East coast for Gonzaga and UCLA one versus two college hoops. Um, final four rematch the game of the tournament last year, Suggs banking in the half court shot to go to the, uh, to the final um, and then later the Zags testing themselves, uh, early, both these games in Vegas on Friday, they're going to play Duke in Vegas. That one was up on DK Sportsbook early. I saw it at four and a half to go to five and a half. Now it's off the board, obviously with the big game on Tuesday. Um, what, what type of handle are we looking at on these big, uh, feast week games? Feast week, one of my favorite, these college hoops games tipping off bright and early and going late through the night. Yeah, you know, the handle's been great overall on one of the greatest sports uh, to bet on is college basketball. I mean, it's amazing. Not Steve only doesn't know this. Steve doesn't yeah. bet college basketball. He does, he's, he's joyless. Doesn't like it. No, oh, it's great. It's great. He likes March Madness, though, I know. That is Gosh, barely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you mentioned we, we had that Duke game up. We don't normally put up games that far unless it's a big I was surprised. Game. We only put up the games like a day in advance. Uh, so to the, to the Gonzaga UCLA game in Vegas tonight at 7 p.m. at the T-Mobile, which I will be attending. Oh. I knew you would be. <laughs> yeah, it, and it should be outstanding. Um, you know, it's this game, we, we opened up uh, the Zags like five and a half. We're up to six. Uh, most of the money is on the Zags right now. I can't remember a time when a one played a two this early in a season, I mean, it's, you know, it happens, but to happen in November, it's, uh, you know, yeah. I, I just, I don't remember it. So I'm pretty excited about this, this uh, game tonight. And last, last year we were supposed to get, this one was in December, but we were supposed to get Zags and Baylor one versus two COVID canceled that one. And we didn't get it till the championship when two beat one. Um, so many points here. I'm getting tempted to go with UCLA. It's keep going up, up, up. Um, all right. And I mean, uh, that basically covers college hoops, but I did want to touch on the early, earlier ones with you. Um, obviously these are the primetime matchups, but some of these smaller school games, they tip off at noon on the East coast, even 11 AM. So we're talking eight, 9 AM, uh, bowl of cereal for you guys in, in Vegas. But what has the handle been like on, on those type of, uh, games during feast week? Cause we're in that time. We're just kind of Thanksgiving through new years. There's a lot of these these holiday tournaments with weekday early tip-offs. But the handle's been good, and I feel really bad for anybody that owns a business because their employees are 
<laughs> they're not actually zoomed in, so to speak. This is why we work here because it's our jobs to do stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're not zooming in, so they're they're out there watching the game and betting the game. So, um, yeah, we take advantage of that. Yes, I must admit we do. <laughs> All right, that is odds are with Johnny Avello. Um, Steve and I are going to take off and go do our jobs here. I'll go do my job by betting on and tweeting about some college basketball happening in the middle of the afternoon on a Tuesday. Um, Johnny, happy Thanksgiving and uh, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, same to you, Julian and Steve. I'll talk again soon. I appreciate talk it. Thank you. you. Week. As always, thanks to our buddy Johnny Avello from the DraftKings Sportsbook, director of uh, Sportsbook Operations, giving us all the insight on what's going on behind the book. Now we're going to look ahead to week 12 and the Thanksgiving Day slate. We're going to start with you motion with your hand. What do you got to say? Um, I forget what I was going to say, actually. I was going to interrupt you for something, but okay. don't tell my family this. I wish I was not driving to go see family this this week. I wish I was driving out to Vegas to go to these uh, Gonzaga games with with Johnny Avello, with whatever you're doing. With your Start this, I'm, I'm recording. Start that segment again. So we're on to week 12 in the <laughs> NFL. Um, <clears throat> all right. So let's just let's just throw this out there. OK, this Thanksgiving Day slate is not a good betting slate. Like so like we, said in the, like we said in the segment with Johnny, all six teams lost, mostly yeah. ugly. Um, these, are, these are probably games we would mostly glance past yeah. on a Sunday slate. But they're on Thanksgiving, and we're all going to be betting them. And I do have a couple small plays that I'm going to give. I think I have a small play in each game probably that I'll, I'll give out. Okay. Um, so let's go through it one by one. You want to start, start us off with, with Bears-Lions? Yeah, so Bears Lions, like this is 100% a player prop game. Like, I do not want to take a side. I do not want to take the over under. I think you can make a case for the over. Um, you know, we talked about this on our sweat show this morning on Tuesday that, you know, maybe this is a game where we get multiple pick sixes and you can make a case for the over, which is at 41 and a half. I mean, this is one of the lower over unders we've seen all season long, but that's because it's backup quarterback versus backup quarterback versus two really poor offenses. And that's why you have a total of 41 and a half. So if you want to maybe be, you know, play with that over with, you know, 41 and a half because of defensive reasons, you can potentially do that, but there's nothing I really want to take in this one. Uh, the only really player prop I want in this one is basically the um, the rushing yards, the rushing receiving yards for David Montgomery going up against one of the worst run defenses in the league. The over under for his rushing yards as we record this Tuesday afternoon is 76 and a half. Would be interested in the over in that one, uh, you know, playing on nearly every single snap for the Bears. 98% of the snaps last week, uh, getting 44% of the total team touches. I would be interested in 76 and a half for Montgomery. The matchup is there. The last time around against the Bears was 23 carries, a season high, yeah. for 106 yards, too shy of a season high. So the matchup is there. He's just on the road this time. If there's a prop in that game that I'm taking, it is Montgomery. Um, you know, you're betting on the favorite. You're betting on them rushing, having the lead against one of the league's bottom three run defenses. So it, it makes sense, which, of course, means it will never win because – Nothing that makes sense wins these days in the NFL. Right. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say we got off to a sluggish start in this one, which is not much of a hot, hot take on a 12:30 Thursday kickoff with Bears Lions. But first half under 21 yeah. is going to be the play for me. 
I'm going, I'm, I'm going to do a half unit play in each game on Thanksgiving. I'm going to enter, you know, this is where the, it comes into question, you know, managing your bankroll, uh, you know, you got to be strict with this, strict with that. I mean, it, yes, I, I preach all of that. But in the end, you're also making money for yourself, for entertainment, whether that's, you know, money to take your family on a vacation or money to enjoy these games with friends on a holiday. So like, that's how I'm thinking of these, like a little half unit bet on each game. Yeah. Obviously I like them. I hope they're going to win, but you know, a little bit of entertainment is, is fine here and there. So first half under 21 is going to be my, my little sprinkle in bears lions. I'll just root for some grossness. Las Vegas Raiders at Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are still one of the better teams at covering the spread, especially good at home. Four and one against the spread there, covering by an average of nine points. Uh, seven and a half is the line for this one. As we're literally sitting here recording this, this jumped uh, back down to seven, then went right back up to seven and a half. We just heard Johnny say he expects this to close at seven and a half in favor of the Cowboys, who are presumably going to be down their top two receivers in Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. You know, this still feels a little trappy to me because, you know, being down your top two guys, you know, you think the spread will be a little bit closer. So is this more indicative of how bad the Raiders have been over the past three weeks, allowing an average of 32 points to opposing teams? That is the second highest mark over that span. Only the Jets have given up more points over that span because, of course, they have. Um, You know, I said it feels a little bit trappy, but like of the sides to take, that's probably the one I'm most interested in. So I don't know if that's, you know, speaks well of this slate. I am probably going to take the Cowboys at seven and a half here. You can tease them down to one and a half, which obviously is a much more uh, appealing line there against the Raiders. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm, I'm interested in seven and a half. I'm interested in the one and a half, and we'll get to the second leg there in a moment. But um, I think the Cowboys are the play in this one. Cowboys teaser leg. We'll see if one Thursday gets here. That's something I'm going to use. Um, but that's the only side interest for me here, uh, is teasing it. If you told me I had to play the spread or the total by itself, I'm not, I'm not laying seven and a half. I would go to the under 51, um, just because top two receivers out for Dallas Raiders don't have much. Um, that said, I mean, we mentioned the guys that are out, uh, and we expect CD lamb to be out. So I'm looking to. I still think that Dak Prescott is going to be able to move the ball against a Raiders secondary that just got smoked by the Chiefs and then smoked by the Bengals, who are good good quarterbacks, um, good receivers in you know Tyree Kill and Jamar Chase getting downfield. <clears throat> I think somebody else is going to play that role. So I think Michael Gallup, who's a little higher valued, and Cedric yep. Wilson are going to have big games. So I expect Cedric Wilson to be the the lower guy there. Let me see if anything's changed player prop wise. Let me see if anything's come out, but. Um, Cedric Wilson receiving yards is going to be higher, obviously, than he usually is if he's even offered on that particularly particular week. Um, it won't be out until until we get official lamb news, but it's going to be higher than than you want for Cedric Wilson. But you got to think about how much lower it is than whatever Cooper or Lamb would be at, and he's in that spot where he's going to get all those looks and probably break one against this bad Vegas. Secondary, so Wilson receiving yards over is going to be my half unit play in this game. 
Yeah, both tight ends, too, in really good spots. Dalton Schultz in a good spot. Darren Waller in a good spot. Uh, love anytime touchdown from both of those guys. Schultz at plus 170. Waller at plus 175. I know he only has two touchdowns on the season, but he leads the team in red zone targets here. 22%. That is the highest on the team. There's going to be some positive regression there soon if he's getting that many looks in the red zone. So give me plus 175 for him. Give me plus 170 for Dalton Schultz. Uh, both really strong numbers. Schultz especially to, like we mentioned, the two receivers out. He's got to throw to somebody in the red zone. That would most likely be the guy along with Ezekiel Elliott. So that would be the two um, that I would be interested in. Anything else on this game before we move to Bill's Saints? Keep it moving. I think the Saints are actually maybe um, – a team that you can tease up like would like to get this at four and a half if possible. So you can get that up to 10 and a half there, but uh, it's at plus four right now. Interested to see how this one moves. I, uh, the bills, I just don't know what to make of this team. I mean, they've looked bad for weeks now for weeks, you know, two really weird losses that they've endured. Now you're facing a saints team who has been excellent at home as underdogs covering by an average of like 12 and a half points, which is absolutely absurd. Um, and now a bills team who is coming in looking wounded. And looking beatable at this point, you know, if you're, you know, it kind of goes against the mentality that we've been, you know, talking about betting against bad teams. You know, I would say the Saints are borderline on that, you know, being a good team or a bad team. The Bills are obviously the more superior team, but they have not looked like the superior team in multiple weeks now. So I wouldn't be interested in plus four for the Saints, but I think I would be interested in if we can get that number at ten and a half. I think that'd be an interesting uh, teaser leg if you want to do a Thanksgiving uh, Day teaser. So I'm going the other way on this game, but in a completely different way. I, I am expecting a bounce back from the Bills um, after that. You know, they bounced back against the embarrassing loss to the Jags, and it was against the Jets. So how much is it really worth? But that was a bad home loss to the Colts. I think they're going to come out ready in this game. You can, can, you can interest me in laying the four. Um, but like we talked about on, on the sweat on Tuesday, our special Thanksgiving show, with Emerson Lazia and uh, Reed Fowler, Reed gave a great number on, on the Saints' yeah. first half, 4.3 points per game in the first half with Trevor Simeon. Um, I knew that Trevor Simeon had been getting all garbage time stats. I didn't know they had been scoring 4.3 points per game in the first half. So given the urgency that the Bills should have here to come out fast, I think it plays right into the, the Saints' slow starts with, with the quarterback change. So Bills minus two and a half first half will be my, my little – my little half unit play in, in this game. And uh, I think that's probably my favorite of the three games. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, the word favorite does not come out of my mouth often for this Thanksgiving day slate. Um, no. I would definitely be, you know, responsible on Thanksgiving because there are some bets I want to take on Sunday, which is where we're going to move to now. If you can be patient, like I am getting to be more patient as a better, uh, the Patriots are your obvious teaser leg, your second leg teaser. If you're starting it on Thanksgiving, getting them down to basically win against the Titans at home. The Titans were just absolutely shellac last week. It was a pretty shocking one there. There. Um, you know, this is a team that we thought was the team in the AFC aside from the bills. And now obviously that narrative has changed and it will continue to change as the weeks continue to go on. But um, this number has moved. We now, you know, you lot, you, you missed the boat on the value on the Patriots already because uh, now they're up to minus six. Uh, but that would be your second leg teaser or the start of a teaser if you're starting fresh on Sunday. Uh, but the most obvious one here and probably in my opinion, the most appealing one. Yeah, uh, I have some stuff that is already cashed that leaves Patriots money line as the last leg. 
Um, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm with you. I like it as a teaser leg, obviously. And then I, I, I really wish not only because I had them in a money line parlay, but for other reasons that the Titans just beat the Texans on Sunday. So we could get a shorter number here. Yeah. I wanted to get that look ahead three Pats minus three in this game. And now look where we are. But if um, I'm laying it anyway, I laid five and a half with the Patriots um, as, as a pretty big play. I like, I get it. It's not value. It's, it's a little too obvious, but the Patriots are the only team that looks for real right now Yeah. Um, on a week in week out basis. They get the long week to prepare for this home game after the Thursday night shutout in Atlanta. I don't care about how Tennessee necessarily played on Sunday, but it's telling. Um, and, and now AJ Brown is dinged up. Like if he's out, Julio's out. Yep. Derek Henry's out. There's just no weapons going against maybe the hottest defense in the league and the Patriots. I don't know how they're going to score in this road game. Um, so this is another, like, you know, Atlanta was 25 to nothing and Tennessee's not as bad as Atlanta, but they're severely dinged. Like uh, I'm just trying to come up with a, a score for this Patriots game, something like 24 to nine type of Pats win. Um, I, I really have no problem laying the points with the Patriots real quick too. What did you end up getting Matt Judon at for uh defensive player of the year? Plus 4,000 40 to one. Okay. So now, cause he's down all the way to 18 to one now at this point, the people and the listeners must be reading the NFL best bets. <laughs> um, he hasn't even played a game since that movement. Wow. Let me look into this. Yeah. So I just uh, wanted to point out that, uh, that massive movement there. <clears throat> Um, in the um, in the defensive player of the year award, but yeah, Matt Jude on eighteen to one now, uh, wow. right in the same window as J.C. Jackson at twenty to one. But the top four, are obviously, much much shorter odds after that. Jude on is really kind of where this opens up. But the value was there. Julian told you about it. Forty to one, nearly uh, more than cut in half now. So here's the thing, too. He hasn't even played since I put that play yeah. out because. They played Thursday night and Friday. I did my NFL best bets article at 40 to one. So he moved just based on the rest of the board updating on, on Sunday. Um, Getting on those early. Yep. That's awesome. Let me see. So here's another thing. Chiefs to win the division was yes. a play I got at minus 110. It's still minus 135, which is like the edge of playable. Had the Chargers blown Sunday night football to the Steelers. This would be like minus 250 now, Can't be over. Um, but it's still right there. It's not minus 110, but it's 135. Last week, you can grab that. Last week that you can yep. grab that, I think. Um, speaking of the Steelers, I wanted to bring this game up here. Steelers um, and at Bengals, Bengals minus four and a half. Obviously, uh, two teams that looked pretty good last week. I still do not have any faith in the Steelers team at all. Don't love this number at four and a half, but looking at some home favorites that I would be interested in betting in, the Bengals have to probably be one of them against the Steelers. The Steelers, um, you know, in that matchup against the Chargers, who have, you know, an awful run defense, obviously didn't get a ton from Najee Harris here, but they're going to have a tough time moving the ball in this one. So when it comes to home favorites, not a ton that I like on the board this week, but the Bengals would probably fit the mold here. I mean, you're talking about some of the other home favorites here. I mean, the Texans are home favorites in this game against the Jets minus two and a half. You know, the Niners against the Vikings. I don't know if I really would like be taking that one here. There's not a lot of home favorites this week that I like. Um, the Bengals are probably really the only one that I'd be interested in taking. 
Um, well, let's see if we call this a home favorite because it says minus one, but then you go to the money lines and they're both a pick them. The only it's minus one ten both ways. The only Packers. thing that I bet besides the Patriots is the Packers pick them at home against the Rams. Yeah. Um, Rams have looked awful. They're off a of bye. This should be a bounce back spot, but they're going to Lambeau in the cold with Stafford not playing well, with the defense not playing well. With I know OBJ has now been worked in for a week, so that's supposed to make a difference, but he hasn't made a difference all year in Cleveland, so I don't know why he's supposed to make a difference now. He's not Robert Woods. He's nowhere close to Robert Woods. Yeah. Um, Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. I expect him to play well and, and have a game, but prior to the loss in Minnesota, which was a tough division road spot for the Packers, um, this Packers defense had shut down and gotten wins over um, Kyler Murray um over last week it was uh the week before it was russell wilson and i'm even missing somebody in between they got a great win in between that i off the top of my head i can't get the defense has been good i think they're going to show up against the rams at whole at home at lambo i hope we get some wintry mix for the rams to come into um that would just be a cherry on top it's not why i'm betting it i, I like the packers at home here um so those are going to be my two sides the pats and the patriots the pats and the patriots the pats and the packers for um for week 12 a couple of really gross games here like uh jets at, at texans falcons at jaguars just you know really close Falcons, panthers yeah just some Eagle really giants games. is just a gross game we see twice every year yeah <laughs> what do you think about this buccaneers colts game the colts are home underdogs in this one plus two and a half probably a nice teaser piece there uh even though the bucks covered easily against the Giants, i wouldn't say easily it was minus 11 but the bucks did cover against the giants and what was you know pretty one-sided game here but you know two teams coming off their get right spots and now they're clashing against each other some big playoff implications here as well as the buccaneers continue to be pulling away in the nfc while the colts are you know trying to come back from the dead someone that you know a couple weeks ago were out completely out of the playoff picture but if the titans are struggling the colts could make some noise here in that division um where do you land on this one because this line is set perfectly in my opinion minus two and a half um you know less than one possession in this one I feel like this could be one of those games where, you know, the, the, the spread closes at two and a half and one side blows out the other. Like that's kind of where I feel like this could end up happening. I don't know where that's going to be or what side it's going to be, but I just don't, this just feels like a classic, like, you know, expected to be a close one, but it doesn't end up being that at all. So this is the game that interests me that I haven't bet that I might bet. And I would bet Tampa minus two and a half. Yeah. Um, I think that, both teams are are finally on highs. Tampa was on a low. Tampa was on a loss by yeah. loss and got right against the Giants. The Colts have been great since their 0-3 start and just ran all over the Bills. I like this from a matchup perspective for Tampa. I think the Colts are a little bit higher than the Bucks right now, so sell on them in this spot. And I think that matchup-wise – how are they getting there? They're getting there with Taylor, feed it to Taylor, feed it to Taylor. And Tampa does have the run defense um, to start to compete in this game. So that's strength on strength. So I think Jonathan Taylor slows down in this game. And the Indy defense's weakness is against the pass. Brady and those weapons getting after it in the past. So I think Matt, I think the perception wise is, is really high on both, but matchup wise, I think this game really favors Tampa. So if a third game goes on my card, it's going to be Bucks, and I want to get him at under that three. 
See now, and this is, you know, very recency biased, but like going into that matchup against the Bills, the Bills' strength was their run defense. And look what Taylor just did. Like that's that's where I get concerned. I don't, I'm going to say the Bills are frauds and the Bucks are half frauds. Their secondary is frauds and their, yeah. <laughs> their front sevens, no. That's fair. That's fair. But if there is that concern. Like obviously Taylor's not going to have the game that he just had against the Bills. Like that's one of those once-in-a-lifetime games. You're not going to get those again. But doing it against that defense is what made it all the more impressive because coming into that game, the Bills were in the top three run defense. So for Taylor to do what he did against them was all the more impressive. Um, can he do it two weeks in a row? Like that is yet to be seen, but I think that's another reason why this spread is as it is. I mean, the Buccaneers should have ran over the, the Giants as they did. The Colts were not expected to run over, you know, literally and figuratively against the Bills. Um, and now they're still home underdogs. So that's going to be an interesting one there. Um, are the Colts a teaser piece, you think, getting them at eight and a half? It's a key number there. They're getting through. Yeah, I won't argue if that's what you like. Again, this is what I say about teasers. If that's what you like, I'm not going to argue with you if you tease correctly. And that's teasing correctly. You're getting a home dog up to eight and a half so that three, six, seven, eight all don't hurt you. Um, anything within a one possession game covers it. So I won't argue with you if that's what you like. I think the matchups favor Tampa and they're going to win this game. I agree. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to go the other way and, and tease Indy. Um, but still, like, I don't think the Bucs are going to dominate. Like, I think a six, seven point yeah. game is a nice Bucks cover and win where the Colts cover as well. Um, you said it could be a blowout. So maybe it is Tampa by 14, 17. I, I don't know. But I, I go to the Bucs side in this game and it's all, all for matchup purposes. Anything else jump out to you on this board? Obviously, we're recording this earlier than usual when we do our, you know, whole Sunday uh, look ahead. We're a couple of days early due to Thanksgiving. But as of right now, as the board is set, um, anything else jump at you, or are we just going to um, say goodbye for this week? Those are going to be my two plays that I gave out, and the Bucks are the uh, are the potential third. Um, do you have anything else football-wise? I might give out a college play. Uh, no, that was it for me for football. All right, that's it for you. I don't know about this Ohio State-Michigan game up at eight. Like I like it at the seven. Historically, though, Ohio State just destroys this spot. Um, I'm going to go to college basketball because it's these UCLA are the, the, the Gonzaga matchups are really interesting because this number against UCLA is so high, like Duke, they were minus four and a half against Duke later in the week, but now it's seven against Gonzaga UCLA. I'm going to say if anything better for this Friday game, if Gonzaga is anything better than minus seven against Duke laying it with Gonzaga on Friday night, I'm hesitant on Tuesday night. If there's enough points, I might want to take UCLA on Tuesday night. But I'm fading Duke. I'm going with Gonzaga on, on Friday. So keep an eye out for, for that spot that we have circled in college basketball, which is going tremendous, by the way. Tremendous, he says. All right, that is going to do it for this. Plays are all on Twitter. Check them out. They are. But, you know, people are getting in my mentions lately. I mean, I don't know what that's about. That's going to do it for this edition of the Unreasonable Odds, Odds, Odds podcast for this Thanksgiving week. This is the only show of the week, so you will not be getting one later in the week. So if anything, of course, gets updated, we will be tweeting about that on our account. So make sure to follow both of us at Julian Edlow, at SUCannon24, but most importantly, at Unreasonable Odd. That is a podcast Twitter page, so make sure to find that. As always, thanks to Johnny Avello for joining us for the um, for the Odds R segment. Any closing thoughts there, Jules? Anything you want to say? 
I, I just I gave out all all the bets. Okay, Happy so Thanksgiving. Is that what you're teeing me up for? You know, be nice to our listeners. You know, they're taking time uh, out. We of are nice day. to our listeners. Um, they, they prefer to get free bets and Millie Maker tickets over me wishing them Happy Thanksgiving. But we will be back to giving those away uh, most weeks in, in December. But yes, for the, in the meantime, Happy Thanksgiving. And hopefully we provide you some winners. We'll be back with you next Monday or Tuesday. We'll, we'll figure that out as the week goes on. But we'll be back next week talking about week 12 and everything coming up after that. So and for Julian Edlow, I'm Steve Buchanan. We will catch you next week. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.